Welcome back to the Enduring Churches Podcast. I'm Alan Small, and I'm here with Trent Young, and we are so glad to be with you um, today as we are are getting here on the backside of summer. You know, kids are settling into school. Fall is starting to move in upon us, and most of all, college football is uh, mm-hmm. right around the corner. So we're excited and excited about that, and um, looking forward to a fun college football season. But we're even more excited today to talk to you. Uh, And we've got a great topic today because it's something that you're hearing talked about all over the place that has to do with a huge buzzword in church life today. So, Trent, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, yeah, you're right, Alan. That buzzword is revitalization. Um, That's it's a big deal. Everyone is talking about it. And, And honestly, because it's a huge need. I was at a meeting yesterday in the northern part of Missouri and um, I learned that statistically well over 50% of the Southern Baptist churches in our state are in decline or at least plateaued. And uh, that really surprised me. But I I honestly, from the things we've talked about and and talking to people around the nation, I think that that's probably the case nationwide, don't you think, Alan? Oh, uh, I think uh, that's why revitalization is such a buzzword right now, is that we recognize that the need is so high um, for churches to have new life breathed into them, to re-understand what their, what their purpose is, and to move forward um, with success. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's all over the place. Everywhere you go, we see that. We've got whole denominations in need of revitalization. It's, so it's, this is a, a great topic, a timely topic, and a Again, tell us, um, so you, you were at a conference yesterday, kind of let us know who a couple key insights were. We want to make sure that they get credit for some of this information today. Yeah, I, I got to meet a gentleman by the name of Brandon Moore. He is the um, Missouri State's um, director, I guess you might say, of the Resound Network. And uh, this is a great tool, a great network of um, folks around the state here that are going to be helping churches that needs revitalization through the process. And I know Alan has just finished his certification in um, church revitalization through Tom Rainer's network. And I'm in the middle of mine. And so he's going to kick me in the hiney. So I finish my work and get it done. Uh, but, but yeah, this is a big deal. I would want to help churches to be able to, um, move forward uh, to continue and to, to handle the ministry that God's called them to. And so, Alan, we need to talk a little bit about revitalization, um, what's involved in this. And so the first thing that we've included on our list today is that churches need to be honest about their situation and their numbers. And, um, Alan, I think this is a big part of, of the beginning of revitalization. Yeah, you know, so I'll tell just a, a quick story. In my, la- in my last church, when I first went to it, we were kind of a still a church plant in many ways, but we were in need of some revitalization. We were kind of having, we, there were some fractures that needed to be healed. And whenever you have that, that is a revitalization type situation. And one of the best things that happened is we started to see God move. and We were baptizing some folks. But, you know, after I'd been there, you know, nine, ten years, uh, we kind of hit a lull. And our baptism numbers went down and a lot of things went down. And that's because, guess what? I'd been there long enough that it was time for revitalization 
And, you know, I think we lose sight sometimes of that even over time, a revitalized church has to be re-revitalized. And we're really <laughs> always in the process of revitalization. But there are, are times where we need to know it needs to be a concentration and, and a, a specific activities that, that help us in that. And so you have to ask yourself some questions, don't you? Yeah, and Alan, you mentioned uh, this, that when was the last time your church had a baptism? Um, sad to say that um, things that I've seen and heard, that there are a lot of churches that haven't had a baptism in a long, long time. Uh, and so you need to ask yourself, hey, when's the last time? Because that's basically saying, hey, somebody received Jesus as their Savior and then this was the next step, at least uh, in our denomination, and I believe that. And so um, when was the last time that your church, you know, had a <laughs> baptism? <laughs> and so, Alan, tell, tell me, uh, what's the next question we should ask? <laughs> yeah, so what about new members? When, when, when did someone else want to join your church and want to become part of your family? You know, more than more than a dog here. My dog has decided he wants to be on today's podcast. So I apologize for that. And you don't often tell a Doberman no. So they say yes. Anyhow. Um, but, you know, new membership. You know, I, I know a lot of churches where, you know, they just get older and older and older and they haven't welcomed a new family and a new family has not been made to feel welcome. And that's certainly not not healthy. That is not a healthy family. Yeah, you're right, Alan. And so I have a question for you to, to ask is, when was the last time that your church welcomed a new baby, not just a new member, but a new baby to the church family? And I'll tell you why I think this is an important question is because that it, it tells you that, you, first of all, you've got some young families in your church. And as Alan said, churches can get older and older and we're not welcoming in new families, then we're not going to have that growth numerically by by um, having new children. And so I think that's an important question. When was the last time that your church welcomed a new baby to the church family? Yeah, and I'd like to pause too, Trent. This is a good time to say this revitalization. I think we make this false assumption and we've talked about this in the past. I wanna bring that up. Our smaller towns are seeing a growth spurt. Um, and there are many of these smaller towns where younger families are moving out to take advantage of, of space and life and the possibilities somewhere outside the city. So, you know, are you looking to find those people and to see those people and to meet those people where they're at and understanding that they may not fit into the spiritual dynamic that you've had in, out in your country life? They're bringing their city perspective back out to you. How are you going to meet them where they're at so they, they, they will come and get involved and become part of your, of your church life? So consider that when you're thinking about that. If you're in a spot and you think, well, we don't have any young families, that may not be true. Yeah, I, I agree, Alan. Um, and that really leads us to our next point is that churches need to make a decision. What are they actually willing to do and to change? Because you're right. We've got some people that are moving away from cities after COVID. People are like, I need some space. This is freaking me out a little bit. And so they're, they're running away from all the people. Um, and I will tell you, I live in the middle of nowhere and I love it. I love it. And so, um, you know, 
but there are young families all around our churches. Uh, even if you think they're not, it's mostly because your church doesn't know your community, and that, that's a big deal. But, but is your church willing to make the changes needed to be revitalized? Yeah, what are you, what are you willing to do? Um, I've, I've talked with people who basically said over my dead body in mm. regards to their church, church changing. And usually that's what will happen. You're, you're, you're going to die, and guess what? So is the church that you attended that you took so much pride in. And a dead church does not please God. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't please him. He doesn't want to see his churches die. He wants to see them be alive and vibrant and, and reaching people. And so you're, you've basically made a commitment if you're not willing to change. Uh, and it, it sounds harsh, but you've you basically told God you have no use for his church. Wow. That's, yeah, that's a good word. And you you've committed to die, you know, to kill off your church. And, and so that makes me think about the next question kind of goes with that is that the, the church has to commit to follow through um, in whatever revitalization process you may choose to talk about uh, to begin are you willing to follow through? And, and I will tell you that revitalization is not a weekend process. This is years, years and years process. And, and you have to change a culture. Uh, and, and so that takes a long time. It took a long time to get to the culture that you're in now. It's going to take a long time to get a new culture in that too. You know, uh, we, you and I have both been through Dave Ramsey's stuff, and he always tells people he doesn't give you a get-rich-quick scheme that he's into. He's into slow cookers, and, and that's exactly what revitalization is. It, there, there, there are times where miracles happen and churches can be revitalized in a matter of minutes, um, it seems, because something has happened. But most of the time, it's just a lot of hard work, a lot of dedicated effort, and people who are willing to see it through to the very end and you know anytime you make some changes anytime you, you do something there there is the possibility of pain because it's probably going to be a painful process getting to where you need to go you're right um, because people are going to have to let go of some control maybe um, and there's going to be some hard discussions and then really churches are going to have to face some hard realities sometimes. And so uh, we want to talk ab about some possibilities. When a church decides to um, say, hey, we need to do something, uh, we're at the end of ourselves, um, there's different possibilities. And the very first one is the word we've been throwing around, Alan and I've been talking about, is revitalize. And so, um, Alan, when we talk about revitalizing a church, um, and I mentioned this before, it's a long-term plan to renew their health. Um, what else, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think, again, you're talking about really, a, uh, in revitalization, you're basically saying that when we were new, when we were a new church, we had something going. You know, we mm -hmm. were vibrant. We we had life going, but to revitalize it, you've got to get rid of some layers of some stuff. And you've done a lot of things that haven't been productive and haven't been healthy and have been harmful. And so to revitalize it, you've got to get rid of the, those outside layers so that you can get back to what you were originally. And then you, once you're kind of back there, you recognize that 
that, okay, so this is where we were, but then you've got to develop the plan to keep it in that state where you don't have the same errors happening all over again. And so, yeah, it, it, this, is not, this is not easy. And you do have to face that reality of, of what were those layers that, that we didn't need on top of us. Mm -hmm. And to revitalize, you've got to have a plan. Um, it can't be haphazard. You've got to think through this. And Alan and I would love to talk with you through some of that. Um, and maybe we could help you come up with a plan. Uh, another possible. Go ahead. Go ahead, Alan. Oh, I was just going to say, you almost always need outside eyes in the revitalization. You're not gonna you're not gonna figure that out on your own. You you need you need help to come alongside and help you see what you're what you're not seeing. Uh, very rarely are you gonna be completely self successful on your own. You're right. Yeah, and that's why we you know we want to offer to you that we're willing to come alongside you and help you to come up with that. You need some. Uh, you know, when you live in, in your house, you don't see the things that other people see when they walk in because you're used to the stuff. And so you need some, somebody to come and give you some perspective in that. And so um, that's one possibility is, is to revitalize. Um, it may be that you need to consider a replant. Um, and, and this is a, it's kind of a different deal. Uh, a church that's been its own church for a long time and things have kind of gone downhill, but maybe you could relaunch with a new name, a new plan. But in order to do that, you've got to have some, some things in place, don't you, Alan? Yeah, I, and just an FYI, uh, I've seen a lot of churches think that, well, we're just going to keep all the same people in the same habits, but we're going to change our name and uh, put a new put a new sign up but nothing else is going to change and and we were revitalized and replanted that is not what we're talking about that is not a revitalization or or a replant so a replant takes some again if if you need outside eyes this goes beyond eyes this is actually um, a replant would be outside hands-on stuff going on right trent yeah, I, I think it's very important, and I put in our notes that you you must have a partnering church uh, to replant, and because usually when you get to that point where you replant, you've got to have some financial support, um, and so you you come alongside or have another church come alongside your church that is willing to foster. There, there's kind of two different levels of this. A foster relationship is a short term. Hey, we want to come alongside. We're going to give you what, what we can. And, and it's an agreed, hey, we're going to do this for a short amount of time. Or there's the adoption uh, possibility, which is, is a long, uh, ongoing relationship between two churches. And so, uh, but you need that. You need somebody to come alongside you at least for a short amount of time to help you with that. Yeah, the adoption one would be more like a merger. But it's also recognizing that in this merger, there's a by far a stronger church in the relationship, and that stronger one is basically taking taking the reins. And so it's like parent-child type type situation. And so the adoption becomes almost more like a merger, and the fostering is more again, it's a it's a temporary temporary situation. And so there there really are two two different animals. Um, uh, sometimes the fostering leads to adoption. Sometimes it, sometimes it doesn't. The hope is, is that that church can become healthy on its own and, and self-sufficient. 
all over again. And that's why it's, it's oftentimes the preferred way, um, but it's not always the way. But it does typically also involve some financial support, which uh, can, be, can be a lifeline to a, lot, to a lot of struggling churches. Yeah, because typically if you've gotten to the point where you're down to where you, I mean, you really are considering a replant, you don't have the finances necessary to do the structure change and, and what Alan mentioned to sign and different things and, and maybe um, doing some work on your facilities, you may not have the finances to do that. Um, and so we talked about that you can, the possibility is to revitalize your church um, or to replant your church. And the last one is a little bit different, um, is to repurpose your church. Um, and there, there are times when churches come to this point where um, there's a, you know, just a handful of people there or whatever, and they, they recognize we can't keep this thing going. And so if, you, if a revitalization isn't really possible and you don't have the possibility of replanting because maybe you don't have the, the community around you anymore, uh, repurpose may be something you consider. And so, Ellen, what are your thoughts about this? Well, I think this is that one that you you walk into and it breaks your heart sometimes, right? I mean, it's, mm -hmm. yeah, but we've all been that way. I can I can drive by my my grandparents' old house in in Amarillo, and there's um, it's great to see that house, but it's also sad because what I remember about that house so well isn't there anymore, right? And I think that's always kind of true when we think about repurposing a, a church in a, in a church facility. But sometimes they get used by schools or, or Christian schools or Christian ministries or, or all kinds of things where, where they can continue to have um, an ongoing purpose. And sometimes they're even bought up by other churches who are going to do something, um, something with them. And, and that can be a win-win. That happens a lot more in, in urban life than it does in rural life but certainly we see those opportunities too where other churches come in and, and do a work where maybe a denomination is is kind of lulling along or something so there's a lot of different things that take place in repurpose what are your thoughts on repurposing trent well and this is something that i think you need someone to come alongside you to do as well just to help you think about um, sometimes in churches, it's included in your bylaws and your constitution. If the land ceases to become a to serve as a church, that there are some things that are the church is committed to do. Um, whether it's to deed the land over to an association or a denomination statewide or whatever, you, you have to know those things. And so sometimes you have to do some research to find out hey, this is the agreement that was made. Um, it, it, that may not always be the case, but I think it's always good to have somebody with outside eyes to come and help you to think through the, you know, what are the implications of this decision? Because it's a big decision. Yes, yes, it is. It is a big one. And it's good to have other people, again, who can who can help you. And, you know, we're in that role now. We, we, we are... You know, we're going to get phone calls from a church at some point in time says we we just don't think we can go any. We've gone as far as we think we can go. And we've got a podcast coming up in, in a few weeks. We're going to be doing about how do you know if it's that time? Um, but, 
you know, it's not, not anything we want to see, but it is a reality sometimes. And so, you know, how can we do this well? And how can we make it the best of all possible situations? And that's really, you know, um, what you're what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and please know that all the people in, in churches are important. Um, and so we value those people, even those people that have hung in there um, over the years to keep that church going. Those man, those are precious souls, and and we need to. Be their cheerleaders and say thank you, yeah, for keeping this keeping this ministry going. And you've probably touched more people than you realize. But there does come a time, Alan, where we we all have to take take a hard look at where our church is right now, snapshot, if you will, and then do some comparison to what it used to be and say, are we still growing? And this, you know, revitalization, the word, it doesn't, it's not necessarily just small churches. As Alan mentioned before, it's large churches can be in the need of revitalization all the way through whatever size you are. Revitalization and thinking through, hey, are we still, are we, are we coasting or are we still doing what God has called us to do? Yeah, and a lot of churches will actually have realized that you can actually write into your own policies and procedures ways to evaluate and examine um, drifting from your mission and all those kinds of things so that you stay, so that you have ways of, of staying focused. But if you're if you're listening today and you've been in a, a church and you've been there more than 10 years, I, I want to encourage you to take a look around because you, you may think, man, I did all this revitalization work and you're going to be frustrated to find out you, you've got some more to do. Uh, because it's it's it is an ongoing process, and just when you think you've got it working right, you you start to drift from your mission again, and you realize that you've got to do more revitalization work. But it is always easier to revitalize a little along the way than waiting until everything has to be revitalized. And so, take that snapshot, take a look at what needs to be done, and and see where you're you're drifting and make corrective action sooner than later and your church will be the better for it. That's right, Alan. And, and again, we want to, um, first of all, say that we appreciate uh, Tom Rayner Ministries for um, the, the classes that Alan and I have gone through um, in revitalization. And I want to say thanks to um, Brandon Moore he is this Missouri State guy. Um, when you want to talk about revitalization, he's the head of the Resound Network. And, um, and so we appreciate those guys very much. But we want to be here with you. If you need somebody to walk beside you, um, Alan, you can contact him, um, Alan at EnduringChurches.Consulting or Trent at EnduringChurches.Consulting. You can go and find us on Facebook or you can go to EnduringChurches.com and find us there. So we want to be those guys that will help you, maybe give you some perspective and be the ones who walk beside you. And we appreciate the fact that you listened to our podcast today. Um, thank you so much for giving some time up and I hope that it's been a benefit to you. And if it has, please let us know and please share this with someone else. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of podcast episodes in our library that um, covered a bunch of different topics. And we'd love for you to take some time to listen to some of those. Alan, any other things we need to share before we leave today? 
Well, Trent, we've got some more interviews coming up. And again, we always release our interviews in, um, more in the middle of the week. So we're going to be doing some more of those. So stay tuned for more details about those coming up in future episodes. And then, um, you know, Trent, in our next episode, we're going to actually be talking more to church church leaders, our lay leaders in our churches, than we are so much to pastors. But pastors would be a good opportunity to introduce some of your lay leaders to the Enduring Churches podcast, because we're going to be talking about how a church can go about lengthening a pastor's a tenure at their church. You know, a lot of churches struggle to keep pastors more than a couple of years. So what, what can they do about that to address um, that issue? So I'm excited about that episode coming up. That's going to be good. And, and Alan and I have enjoyed doing this podcast. We enjoy it every week when we get together. It helps us, and we really hope that it helps you. So we hope that you endure, and we want to be those guys that help you out. So uh, please tune in next time and keep up with our uh, podcast and share those if you would. God bless you and, and endure.